Now on Sundays, I would take, take the day and ride up to see my daughter. I would stop and pick up Nancy in the Bronx, and we'd go up and visit with my daughter. Everything was wonderful. One day, me and Nancy, after visiting with Devon, I'm going to take Nancy home to the Bronx, and we drive by my old stopping grounds, Glen Oaks, where I had my gang, the Glen Oaks Hornets, and we go by one of the bars where I used to drink, and I say to Nancy, who liked to drink too, let's stop and have a drink. She says, okay, fine. So in we go to have a drink. And the bartender says, yo, Eddie, how the hell have you been? Good to see you. He said, hey, Lefty was here earlier. He said he'd be back around 9, 10 o'clock. Want to hang around and see Lefty? I said, yeah. Yeah, you remember Nancy? We'll have a couple of school drivers, and we'll hang around and wait for Lefty. When Lefty finally showed up, we had a few more drinks. I was feeling pretty good by now. And Lefty told me he was thinking about me, and a tattoo shop opened up in Nassau County, right over the New York City, Queens border where it was legal, by the Belmont racetrack. Now, I used to live right by the Belmont racetrack. And I said, where? That's my fucking territory. He said, right across the street from the racetrack on Hempstead Turnpike. So we had a few more drinks. And I said goodbye to the bartender, said goodbye to Lefty. And me and Nancy get in the car. And I say, let's drive by. I want to see this new tattoo shop that opened up. So we drive, it wasn't far from where we were, maybe five miles, maybe three miles. So anyway, we drive over there, and sure enough, there's a tattoo shop. Now it's sitting sort of like a little building in an, an empty lot, like a vacant lot. And there's some cinder blocks and bricks laying around in this vacant lot. So I go up to the door, and I knock. There's a light on inside, but nobody comes to the door. They're closed. So I take out a business card that I had, and I slip it in the mail slot, and I'm walking around the building seeing if I can get somebody's attention, maybe from the side or rear entrance or something. And I pick up one of these cinder blocks. I'm pretty drunk. This guy's in my territory. So I go to the front of the store. I raise the cinder block over my head and throw it through the window. Nancy says, what the fuck are you doing? Are you crazy? I said, yes, I am. I'm crazy, Eddie. Now, I was in Philadelphia, a hundred miles away from this fella that opened there. But I still felt this was my Terry. Territory. That's how territorial things used to be. So we get the hell out of there. I drop Nancy off in the Bronx, and I head back to my Philadelphia. Now my life is about to become so confusing.
I don't know how I did all the things I did in the next amount of time, short time, but I did. I don't know how I could have done everything I did in this next a little bit of time, but I did. I just took a break and called my friend Jerry in Philly, who's still there, to ask him to make sure certain things happen in certain years. And he says, yeah, all of that happened. He says, you were just a very busy guy. So now back in Philadelphia, I had this nice, great big new tattoo shop that I had just built. But I still had the one right next door. So I moved Fat Billy in and, and Big Walt into the new shop. Fat Billy took the day shift. That big wall took the night shift. And I left Tommy and Jojo in the old shop right next door. So things were okay. I still had the shop in San Francisco. Howie was out there. Now my friend Tony, the pirate, calls me. He's got some guy tattooing up by him. He, he wants to get rid of him. He says, let's you and me open a place in Jersey by, by Sailor Eddie again. I said, all right, I'll go scout the place out. So I scout out Camden. I find a store in a good location. As you come over the bridge from Philly and turn down Broadway, this place is two, two blocks before you get to either one of Sailor Eddie's places. So I said, this is a good location and rent that building put up a tattoo shop and put this guy, I believe his name was Ralph, in there to work in that shop. One day in the brand new shop in Philly, the health man comes in. He, he wants to make a report. He says, he, he wants to sit down with me and make some rules and regulations on tattooing. Now, when I was out working for Bob Shaw, Bob Shaw had written a list of rules and regulations for Long Beach, California. That was an excellent set of rules and regulations. It had you design a shop, that you had to spend some money to open a nice shop, and that kept competition away. And so I introduced to the South Man in Philly the rules for Long Beach, California, and the health man loved these rules and said, You've been here for years. You know what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Also at this time, Spider, Tommy and Jojo's friend, is doing a little tattooing in the Northeast, and he's coming down, sitting in with Jojo and Tommy whenever he felt like it. Nice guy. I got to know him good. At the same time, Huck Spaulding is now going into the supply business a little heavier than he was. He's now advertising in a few, few magazines around, such as Popular Mechanics and Popular Science. Poor Paul Rogers ain't getting nothing. Spaulding is just using his name from one naval partners in North Carolina, Jacksonville, by the Marine Base. So anyway, Paul Rogers is getting ready to leave Sailor Eddie and head down the road. He's saved up enough money, and he's going to go open his own place down in Jacksonville, Florida. 
Now I guess I've been in Philadelphia for about 10 years. And I want to mention here that these 10 years have been heavily gambling years. All the guys I used to met, mentioned in, in Philadelphia were heavy gamblers. Seems that the, the guys that went gambling almost every day was myself, my friend Frank White, the handyman in the neighborhood, Joe McCarthy, my front man, Muggsy McGraw, the bartender down on Ninth Street, Austin Mangus. We were the heavy gamblers. All the other guys came along now and then, but we were going almost every day in the tri-state area of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. There were many, many racetracks, and we could find a place, a racetrack to go to both day and night, all year round. So when I wasn't tattooing, you could find me at the racetrack. I practically lived there. Just a quick little story in here. The cripple fellow from the neighborhood, and I talked about him before. His name was Stanley. He, he used to live in Pittsburgh, and he was getting a check from, from the government or, or the city or something. Oh, a small check for $285 thereabouts per month for something, some kind of a veteran's check or something. Anyway, they sent him a check and put the decimal points and the commas in the wrong place. And the check turned out to be for $28,500. My friend Frank White, who knew check cashing places, got the check cashed. And Stanley was all nervous. He said goodbye. He packed up his little bag and got on a bus to Pittsburgh. He used to write to us, but that was the last we seen of poor Stanley. Things are going great in my life. One day, two girls come in wanting to get tattooed in private on their ass. Pretty big tattoos. And they were discussing how they were going to go down to Florida and they were going to take a bus. So me, I suggest I could drive them down. I wanted to go down and see my mother and father for a visit anyway. And I wanted to stop in and see old Paul Rogers who had opened up in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's what I do. I suggest that to the girls. And they say, yeah, let's leave this weekend. Whatever, we get ready. We go down there. Anyway, I stop in to see Paul Rogers. They ask him about the yellow ink that him and Eddie used to use. It was a nice, bright, golden yellow. And I wanted to know if he had some or where I could get some. Now, Paul Rogers, he said to me, he was very sorry he didn't get to spend a little time with me when he was up in Jersey with Sailor Eddie. He says, but he didn't allow him to visit with other tattooers. He said he never seen somebody with so much hatred in him as this Sailor Eddie. Anyway, Paul Rogers told me, you know Stanley and Walter Moskowitz out in Long Island? I said, yes, I do. I know them good. He said, they got a barrel of this yellow, yellow ink. They, they, they got a hundred pound barrel of it. 
give him a call. He'll, he'll sell you some. And then I admired Paul Shock. Seemed the Jacksonville Health Department wanted him to have a glass enclosed work area with the formica top and a sink and similar roles to what I had in Philadelphia. And Paul Rogers built a little petition and a square park strike in the middle of the floor, in the middle of this big tattoo shop. And, and he worked in it like working in the glass cage. That way the sailors would sit all around in four directions and watch him tattooing while they were waiting to be next. It was a great little setup. I admired it. I said, I'll keep this in the back of my mind for the future. So I get a hold of Stanley and Walter out in Long Island and ask him for some yellow ink. And Stanley said, yeah, sure, Ed. How much you want? I saw a few pounds. He says, come on out. So I go out and I visit with Stanley and Walter and see their new shop out in Long Island. They're doing well. And Stanley just, he has a scoop and he's got a little bag and he just scoops in this big barrel of yellow powder and he gives me several scoops full. He says, now you mix this half yellow with half white. That's how it works the best. And that this should last the rest of your life. I don't know, I wanted a couple pounds. He must have gave me 10, 20 pounds, I don't know. He gave me a lot of fucking ink, 10 pounds, don't say. Now one day my phone rings. It's Huck Spaulding. He says he's over in New Camden, New Jersey. He's visiting with Sailor Eddie. And that he'd like to stop by and see me. Was I going to be there? So I said, yeah. I said, I'll be here. Now it seems Spalding, he, he was traveling with a guy called Terry Wrigley. He was an English tattooer who had been tattooing in Scotland. And, and he knew a lot of tattoo artists in Europe. So Spalding was using him to help him sell his wares, his tattoo supplies. He was using Terry Wrigley's influence on knowing a lot of European tattoo artists. And Spalding says Terry Wrigley was with him. And he'll bring him over and introduce me. I said, great. So I called around to all my guys. Come on down, Spalding is coming over with this Terry Wrigley from Scotland. Come on, we'll meet, meet these guys and say hello. Now, Terry Wrigley had a neat little story to tell us when he came over. <laughs> he said he was just in Sailor Eddie's shop and a customer come in, had a nice tattoo on him. <laughs> and Sailor Eddie asked the customer, how long ago did I do that tattoo? And the customer said, you didn't do that tattoo. Tommy Knapp did that tattoo. And Sailor Eddie got all frustrated and threw the customer out. I said, yeah, that's what he does. He sends us a lot of business. If, if you look cross-sided in his shop, you get a check next to your name. 
three checks and he sends you over to me. That's great, I said. Now Spalding is pushing his red ink, <clears throat> which I had been buying for him, from him. So I buy a little bit of this new red ink. <laughs> and I'll talk about that red ink in a minute. It seems my old friend Tony the Pirate <laughs> was really infatuated with this red ink. He told me, he says, watch when you rinse your machine in a white porcelain sink that I had. He said, you'll see specks of orange and purple. He says, he's mixing some colors together to make this red ink. He says, we've got to find out what this red ink is. Tony the Pirate went on for years searching, trying to find the good red ink. Now it seems somewhere in this time there was another fellow tattooing in New York that came down and tried to open in Wrightstown, did open in Wrightstown by Fort Dix, where me and Tony the Pirate had opened previously. But he didn't do so well there either. He didn't last there long. His name was Joe DiMatteo, and he called himself Coney Island Joe. So when he didn't make out so good in Wrightstown, he must have seen a lot of tattooing by Sailor Eddie in Wrightstown. Ain't too far from him. So anyway, he comes over to, to Camden, New Jersey, and gets a job now with Sailor Eddie, being that Paul Rogers had left. I still had the shop in San Francisco where Howie was running it. Howie called me and said, things ain't so good, he ain't doing very well. And his father was out in California, up around Sacramento, and wanted Howie to come up and give him a hand opening a new place. So I said, okay, Howie, pack up all my stuff and ship it back to me, and I'll see you when I see you. 